Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Three CR and Out of the Pan proudly broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants and paying respects to elders past and present. And for Out of the Pan, we especially acknowledge our LGBTI and Indigenous Elders and acknowledge their unique contributions to diversity on and around our land. Well, opened up the pansexual music on the show today with the Dukes from the Harbour City album of 1992 and a bit of an Easterish sort of song, I suppose. Have faith. But of course, it could be in the broadest sense of the word. Whatever whatever turns you on and floats your faith boat, I suppose. Have lots of a, of a huge range of diverse pansexual music throughout the day. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can do so on um, by text 61401 078 981. Um, you can also look for me and Out of the Pan on Facebook. Um, what else can you do to get in touch with the show? You can look for me on Twitter at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. And also email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. Well, um, have a big, having a bit of a laid back sort of show today, but not too laid back. Um, last year in August, I had the privilege to talk to some people from Amnesty International and I thought, well, they're younger queer people, they're probably well up with it, so Trans 101 is probably going to be a bit boring. Let's tackle some juicy issues, and I gave a bit of a chat on. Um, privilege and lateral violence in parts of what I'll call for today the LGBTI plus communities or LGBTIQ plus um, and you know just gave some thoughts on how this hits more bi, poly and a range of groups as well. So without further ado let's dive in to part one of said talk and um, have a listen. Um, Sally talking at Amnesty in Melbourne August last year. Always says don't leave a bit out. And by bit, he's referring to bisexual, intersex and trans. And I want to talk today about a different area than perhaps people, what people may have thought about. I wanted to talk about how we may have got to where we got to, where are we at now, and touching with what Fee just said, how can we change it and become allies? And I was... Um, really impressed by that scale that we, for those who were in the last session in here, talking about the degree of allyship or otherwise. I will, just to play safe, mention some trigger warnings. Um, are people familiar with the overall concept of trigger warnings? A few nods, so it's where things could be distressing, that sort of thing. I am going to mention transphobia, biphobia, slash monosexism and bi-erasure. 
polyphobia, short for polyamory phobia, and also age stereotyping. And I think that this is stuff that we have to sometimes work through a bit to then get to the other end. Whoops. I'm not going to impose definitions on someone, I just want to run through them so we're on a bit of the same page as much as possible. Bisexual, borrowing by alliances definition, people who over the course of their life have some degree of connection to more than one gender identity. Um, the Latin purists don't like that because they all say bi equals two, but we've, we've, language, language evolves why can't, and hopefully humans evolve too, which is a good thing. Intersex people, I've adapted the definition from the Federal Sex Discrimination Act, which talks about people's body at birth. To put that in plainer language, uh, most people think there's only an M and an F at birth. There's at least 20 variations on that, possibly 40, maybe more. They're not, to use that sort of thing, they're not right down the middle. They could be just slightly different. Some are visible at birth, such as um, atypical genitalia, and some are only discovered later, such as chromosomal or hormonal patterns. But they come into this a little as well, but I can't, as I'm not intersex, um, don't want to speak for people with whom I don't identify. Trans and gender diverse, um, we're talking about people who's, um, well, who have a certain body at birth, that M or that F, but their identity and or expression differs from expectations. To use myself as a live demonstration, I had a male body at birth, I needed to identify as female, I express myself in more, I'll say outwardly more feminine ways than masculine, but what I call my deeper gender expression is a mix of all possibilities. And lastly, polyamory comes into this, um, this presentation. Honest, open, ethical relationships. Or to put that another way, everyone knows what's going on and everyone's okay with it. Just to go a little further on the bisexual one, there is the bisexual umbrella, which you can search engine if you like. There's lots of terms that are very similar. I'm not going to go through them, just make people aware of them, such as polysexual, pansexual, queer. Pansexual and queer seem to be um, most highly used, but of course everyone's individual terminology is what it is. So that's the framework that I want to look at. I want to start by talking about where we've come from. And I want to try to come at this at a place of understanding. It is perfectly fair to acknowledge what our LGBTI um, previous generations have faced, which is great oppression. And so they took this approach of assimilationism. And this came from a piece written by a trans woman in the US who's a historian. And the link is there on the Bellerico site. And I want to particularly talk to the part that I have put in appropriately read for a small degree of danger. And that is that increasingly professional political operatives um, chose to capture public sympathy by appealing to an image of homosexuals as people just like the majority of US voters. And I can understand why that happened. But I think, as a friend of mine says, and then there's now, things have shifted rapidly in the last three years or so. And we do need to be in the present. 
And it honestly feels, yes, we all know there's a long way to go on all of LGBTI issues, but it does feel like we're in the driver's seat. As someone who's lived 50 years come October, who's been out 20 years as of last April, the change in the last three years is nirvana compared to hell. We are in the driver's seat. We don't need to um, be passive about it anymore. It doesn't mean we need to be aggressive or militant. I'll come to that. But we don't have to make concessions to anyone. We talked, I heard Fee talk about values in the previous session. My biggest value is diversity. And I see that as valuing every person for their uniqueness and certainly not being negative about a particular attribute such as sexual orientation, gender identity or relationship type. So I think that underlying strategic approach needs to change. But the problem is you can see that if it's been on an approach of just like everyone else, then people like trans, bi, polyamory, um, for example, are seen as, in inverted commas, too different. And that means they get um, left behind and sometimes sacrificed. And I think that that's something that we need to change. Bi-erasure is something that still seems to happen a lot. And this actually came to me less than 48 hours ago. It got posted on Bisexual Alliance at Victoria's Facebook page. And it's a woman who, according to her profile, lives in Melbourne. She attended, um, wrote the stuff in red, professional development course run by an LGBTIQI health organisation um, and talked about, quite rightly, bisexual people experiencing the worst mental health outcomes, self-harm and addiction, substance abuse, but this was just dropped in in passing and no discussion. And the trainer didn't know the causes and this was left out of the experience. And then so the participant approached the trainer at the end to get that answer. The gay part of heterosexual society takes issue with you, so the discrimination you experience is homophobia. Sorry, no. Research from around the world sadly finds that Bisexuals have faced discrimination from elements of gays and lesbians on a consistent basis and large-scale US and UK research certainly backs that up. And then we get into the sarcasm. If we could just keep adding more letters of the alphabet, I'm going to come back to that one a little in, in a moment. And the B has already been there. Of course it's always been there. And the trainer felt the need to point out that not many people identify as bisexual well, if you're copying it in a way from both sides. Yes, from a heterosexual society, but from elements of gays and lesbians and facing that extra level of mistrust, um, you're going to um, you know, face a double whammy and you're probably not going to feel safe to identify yourself as who you innately see yourself as. And then the last sentence, I'm not sure if it's visible down the bottom, which is separate to this person's post, is what has happened to Bisexual Alliance Victoria and its predecessor by Victoria at Pride March every year that the groups have marched since 2006. Every year we get stuff from the crowd such as get off the fence, uh, make up your mind, all that sort of stuff. And whilst we... Um, try to keep an eye out for it. We do have reason to believe we are aware of some of the people and we know that some of them identify as lesbian or gay. 
For Pride March, along with Midsummer Carnival Day, one of the two biggest days on Melbourne's rainbow calendar to have that happen is just simply not on. So why am I bringing this up? I'm appealing to you as a nearly 50-year-old because we have enough evidence to find that even gays and lesbians of what I'll call the middle cohort, say 30 to 55-ish, can actually live reasonably comfortable anywhere. Daniel Whithouse, a fantastic researcher, went around Australia and found many gays and lesbians in that age bracket were coming back to their original country town and living quite comfortably. But for bi people, it was discovered that um, outside of the eight major capital cities of Australia, there's very little knowledge in regional areas and the, the horrendous, highly stereotypical image of bisexual is a guy with two girls, which of course is not um, a clear and accurate definition of bisexuality. And I'm appealing to you as 18 to 30 year olds because there's still a lot of difficulty for bi and trans to come out in that middle bracket. And I am asking for your allyship to help us. For once you've got an oldie not dictating to young people, we're asking, we need this, we need this allyship. And this is where I want to bring something else in. Hold that point. We'll be talking about age after the bracket. I'll also come back and give you some of the links that I've mentioned, which um, um, <clears throat> I will also put up as part of the um, podcast so you can get them. But um, in the meantime, let's have some more of the diverse pansexual music. Here's Wendy Matthews from her Best Of album in 1999, and she's going down these streets. 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. Hey, this is Pressure MC from the Hilltop Hoods. Hey, what's up? This is Safa from the Hilltop Hoods. You're listening to 3CR, 855 AM on your dial. Support community radio and subscribe now. I'm Jane Clifton, author, musician, actor, marriage celebrant, author of The Address Book. I've always been fond of 3CR, and not just because they played the song by my band stiletto, Woman in Trouble, 50,000 times. I was grateful for that, but that was a few years ago. Here I am again after all these years, and so is 3CR, still supporting musicians and writers and people with ideas to share. Keep going, 3CR. You bet your bunsies will keep going. 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. Also, we're on demand. We're in demand and on demand we can be. Um, just heard, prior to the messages from Wendy Matthews, um, Stepping Stones, the best of Wendy Matthews, um, released in 1999, and these streets. So there's our dose of pansexual music in the funky range today. That was funky um, for the um, older types who might have thought I said a wooed word. Um Okay, let's get back to part two of talking about um, um, oppression, lateral lateral oppression and privilege, um, linking this across age groups. I was having a little chat about that before. I will put up all the links that are mentioned as part of today's podcast. Um, if you want to go to the Bilerico one that I mentioned, 
um, or just hit the search engine for it, um, the article by Gillian T. Weiss, or Weiss, a trans woman. It's called Transphobia in the Gay Community from a few years ago now, but very good historical look back. And also the um, story about bi-erasure came from a website called spiralling-up.com. Uh, for audience up there, uh, I'll just go back to my two Ronnie's routines. The gay part of you on biphobia and why we need to speak up. Great article. Anyway, let's go back um, to um, last year's discussion and let's have a look at how we can be often not aware of age prejudice, both in wider and queer society. That article um, called Is Queer Radicalism on the Rise? was posted, comma, by Rodney Croom in the Gay News Network, which covers MCV earlier this year. And I can't even bring myself to put red on some of the highlights. Youthful rebellion, co-option of LGBTI issues. Each time someone dedicated to LGBTI freedom maligns marriage equality, it signals a failure by LGBTI reformers and progressives. We are entitled to have difference of opinions. We don't have to agree on every dot and comma. And I have to say that when I read that, I felt so appalled by the anti-youth prejudice. It's the sort of stuff I'd expect to see on Today Tonight or a current affair, you know, sort of young people throwing wild parties and loose on the streets. (laughs) That was my Neil Mitchell call of voice. (laughs) He'll probably have a few of those on Monday, won't he, after what the good thing that happened in the city yesterday. Um, Thankfully, a fabulous advocate, Jessica Eisen, responded within about two days to that, and so you can read both of those um, articles on MCV's website or Gay News Network from earlier this year. But the one that really got me was this. I was on a panel a few weeks ago, which was called Are We Over the Rainbow Yet? Now that means to me open slather. We talk about everything. And a Swedish visitor on the panel made that quote. We will do marriage first and we will do the other issues, my emphasis on those four words later on. Who's talking for whom here? We can't, I don't think it's appropriate that someone else can set priorities. And I must have missed the the queer plebiscite that said we were going to do marriage first. Because it's an important issue and I support it, but it's one of every equally important issues. Trans people, for example, have um, depression four times more likely than the population overall and 50% prevalent more anxiety prevalent over a lifetime. And a big trigger warning here that I'm going to go off the cuff with in terms of uh, mention of suicide. We lost, to our knowledge, one person a week for four weeks in a row in Melbourne last year, in inner Melbourne, which is one of the better parts of the country for support. I don't think I can really say, let's do marriage first. Let's do it as part of a coordinated campaign. And this is where we need equity. Equality is a good thing, but equity is where we bring to, we balance out the disparities within the GLBTI community. There is a picture that demonstrates equity really well. It's a picture of three people standing on blocks. And let's say the blocks are all that height. And you've got a person who is tall, medium, short height, and they're trying to look over the fence of a sporting match. And, of course, the short person can't see, the medium height person can barely see, the tall person can. And you could say, well, they're equal because they're standing on equal-sized blocks. 
but then it has a picture of equity where there are three different size blocks and the tall person stands on the shorter block, medium on medium, um, short on the taller block and everyone is comfortably leaning over the fence watching the sporting match. That's what we need to achieve within the LGBTI community. And I feel it's very important that we talk about this from the point of view of the bit. And whilst I'm not speaking directly for intersex, I have heard intersex people say on many occasions, nothing for us without us. So how do we change this? How do we become allies? Maybe this isn't talked about a lot. And from what anecdotal information I have amongst younger people, it does seem now that a lot of this tribalism is disappearing. But as I say, I'm asking for your help for the sake of us slightly olders to try and um, counter this sort of inequity. Indeed, come back and talk about the details of that um, very, very shortly. But in the meantime, more pansexual music, this time of both kinds. Sorry to be a bit binary on you, but um, it's country and western. Here's Garth Brooks from the um, classic In Pieces album of about 1995 and um, Standing Outside the Fire, 3CR. 855am digital 3cr.org.au out of the pan with Sally. Music of both kinds, country and western 3CR 855am digital 3cr.org.au and on demand. You're on out of the pan with Sally covering pansexual issues and of course having a great range of pansexual music knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre. Garth Brooks from the In Pieces album, the opening track of that 1995 album, um, Standing Outside the Fire. Well, sometimes it can be a bit fiery within our own rainbow communities. Um, we can have sometimes um, degrees of privilege and hierarchy. Let's have a look at some ways we might just be able to overcome this and just take a few small steps to um, getting some equity. And if you look at my Facebook page, um, you'll see the cover page is the fabulous Equality versus Equity, which um, was mentioned in the last segment. Let's um, go to part three of talking about diversity within diversity on 3CR. Being aware of it's a good start. It may be that some people are aware of it, it may be that some people aren't. And again, come from a place of understanding, acknowledge that history of huge discrimination, but we are in this new era of being in the driver's seat and we don't have to leave anyone behind if we communicate respectfully with good process and come up with win-win solutions, we can come up with better ideas. All issues are equally important. Let's get past hierarchies of both equality and equity to me seem to be the opposite of hierarchy. Now this is where I'm going to be challenging too many letters. Imagine the uproar if we said, well, everyone knows what gay and lesbian is now. We'll just drop that. Yeah, a few laughs. Um, I've tried doing this with older gays and lesbians and I Nelly had to call for the WWE referee in the black and white striped <laughs> shirt to come in. Um, a bit scary. So, yeah, um, if you ever get a chance to do that experiment, make sure it is a, a relatively safe space. But it's not good enough that we say too many letters. Again, it implies one's more, some are more important than others. Um, the mental health disparities that were mentioned for bias certainly exist for trans that I've touched on. And we will have an Australian piece of intersex research coming soon. I think it's just closed. It's now probably being collated. 
and it's the biggest one we've had, probably granted with a small sample size but still needed. And we need to point out that intersex surgeries on infants whose genitalia are atypical are still happening. And so their lives are damaged within 14 days of them starting and often never really, <clears throat> and according to the anecdotal evidence, never recover. We need to remember issues such as documentation for trans and gender diverse that is still not consistent by and large with people's sense of identity, particularly for those people who don't have um, surgical procedures. And I want to talk briefly about polyamory. One of my friends who's an advocate for polyamory, um, who's been talking about it for 20 years, and Hunter summed this up brilliantly on Joy 94.9 recently, where she said, we live in a society that's sex negative, but sex obsessed. That's a pretty dysfunctional com combination. If we talk about sex positively, maturely, respectfully, and come from a basis of safe and consensual and age appropriate, that's got to be a better way to deal with things. And it's better than if I hear polyamory automatically referred to in the same sentence as two other words, full stop, new sentence, slippery slope, I probably, I'll probably need the WWF re-referee to hold me back. Polyamory is perfectly okay, but it never seems like it's put in that process. But there's lots of other things that we can talk about in terms of sex positivity. Consent and communication would make better relationships for all sexual orientations, for monogamous or polyamorous, total win-win solution that's inclusive. And the last thing may sound obvious, engage people. I'm indebted to a gay man, Anthony Van Brown, who said engage, not attack. And I know the issues we face are emotive and difficult, but we need to try to keep our calm and engage assertively in a win-win way, but not aggressively, and also keep yourself safe too. That's a major rule for any form of advocacy of any sort, particularly in human rights areas where it can be psychologically draining or damaging. So that's the gist of what I want to say. They're the two organisations with which I'm um, most, most involved, by Alliance and Transgender Victoria, and that's how to get in touch with me. That website will be up and running fully soon, but that's all the details and I'll hand it over for questions, comments, etc. Um, in the remaining time that we have. Well, indeed, if you've got questions or comments, remember, pop them onto the Facebook page, um, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, or text 61401 Apologies to a, a listener who did text in a couple of weeks ago to do with safe schools, and unfortunately I inadvertently deleted that text. Um, so sorry it didn't get read out. Um, it was a week where I was doing a pre-record. Um, my apologies for that. Um, let's keep the diverse um, pansexual music going um, with the author Yindi, 3CR, 855am, digital3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. G'day, this is Ozzy Butler from Astronomy Class. You're tuned to 3CR on 855am or 3cr.org.au. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Keep community radio alive. Peace. Enjoy. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! 
Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio 855am and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU and on demand out of the pan with Sally. Um, prior to the messages, we heard from Yothi Yindi and Treaty that um, came from a compilation by Festival Mushroom Records in two thousand and three called Unofficial National Anthems Volume Two. Um, some classic Australian music there. Um, hope you're enjoying the long weekend. Just to um, move away from our. Um, the um, special for a second. A couple of things today. Um, good article on the prog- in Sunday's Age on the progressive nature of Daniel Andrews, but um, big um, sort of boo hiss to the um, front page headline stripper on murder charges. Never seen a headline accountant on murder charges, do we? Hmm. Um, tad sensationalist, not good age or better than that. Um, be interested to hear what sex worker organisations such as Vixen and Scarlet Alliance have to say about that one. Um, so there's some sub unconscious bias on behalf of the age. We talked about that earlier. Um, very quickly, the things coming up in the community over the next week. Um, we have um, the <coughs> excuse me, the um, poly social um, is on tonight um, at um, Noble Experiment, two eighty four Smith Street. Um, Bent TV on next Friday. No, it's afternoon. It will be afternoon, so that is April Fool. It won't be an April Fool, haha. And no April Fool, um, just a reminder for next week that daylight savings ends, so make sure you do your appropriate adjustments. You get an extra hour's sleep, all that sort of thing, and um, depending on your time zone, make sure you're tuning in at the correct time next week. Um, a bit like that old um, hey, hey, it's Saturday send-up, or what is it? Um, if you're in the east, you add two hours to your time. If you're in the west, you add... Oh, hang on, it's one hour in the west and three in the east. Oh, to hell with it. Anyway, um, let's wrap up some of the questions on being aware of lateral hostility and privilege from the talk at Amnesty last year. No one wants to go first. Yes? Hey, um, do you think with the polyamorous kind of advocacy movement, it's going to be more widespread and more accepted in another 20 to 30 years? Or what do you think, where do you think it's going? Like, is it actually getting better? It's turning. It does seem things are turning rapidly. And I do feel a lot of, or say, benign rumblings on a lot of these sorts of issues. And I suppose the thing now is we do have all this fast, you know, the day of technology, it's, you know, Twitter, Facebook. It can make a difference on a lot of these things. Um, I don't know if it'll be 20 to 30 years, but I still it probably will be long-term. But I suppose if we don't start now, it's another day, it's another month, it's another year that we haven't, that we need to just be aware of that. But I think um, that one of the issues of um, the methods used by some marriage campaigners is to shun any form of multiple relationships. And when if they were debated 
calmly rather than just pushing them aside, it could have been better off. And that's going to be a difficulty that future, I'll say, rainbow type of movements will have to overcome. Yeah? Um, this is pretty much the first time I've heard any kind of trans accept, accepting sort of talk with, like, Australian organisations. Like, whenever I'm trying to look for articles about experiences of trans kids and stuff like that. It's usually from Europe, from Scandinavia, America. I feel like most is the, it's a real minority of people who in, in Australia who even know that trans people exist or any issues they've faced. And I'm wondering how that feels for you as a trans person, you know, the majority of people don't really know. I think, again, that it's shifting. And I suppose I, I, to put a a personal but reasonably objective slant on it. As I say, the last, being out for 20 years, I could not walk anywhere in Melbourne, a relatively progressive city 20 years ago, without getting, I'll say, with tongue wedged firmly in cheek and coming out and hear highly intelligent comments like, you got the wrong clothes on, love, you know, coming from car windows, riveting stuff, you know. <laughs> and it's gradually progressed. And then in the last three years... The shift has been enormous, and in the Australian context, I put that down to the No to Homophobia campaign, which included No to Transphobia and No to Biphobia, and the Beyond Blue Stop, Think, Respect campaign, which had a, an approach of you wouldn't bully someone because they're left-handed, don't bully them because they're LGBTI. And the amount of talks, formal training that I've, I and Transgender Victoria present has gone through the roof in the last three years compared to the last ten the issue, I suppose, is that, again, Melbourne is a progressive city, far worse places to be overall. The rest of Australia, it does seem, hasn't progressed as fast. The ACT's doing OK. Everyone thinks of Sydney, but Sydney, um, apart from, say, inner Sydney, is still struggling a bit. And so I think that's part of our issue, that we have this small population in a large area, hard to get together face-to-face, -face, which is critical as well. But there are also about t at least 10 transgender, diverse and family groups in Victoria that offer support. And I will, um, if anyone just contacts Transgender Victoria via our website and says you are here today, we can happily send a list of that and other resources, which is totally public, please spread far and wide. So it is, it is shifting and it does seem like it's accelerating, gosh, almost month by month, which is, is a good thing. Um, I've got three, do I see three hands? I think just up the front and then I've got at least one more, yeah? Um, this is actually the first time I've heard of um, the BioLights and I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about what kind of work um, you guys do. Yeah, so Bisexual Alliance Victoria was formed in 2010. The Alliance part comes from the fact that we do advocacy um, and we'll... Um, I believe that the state government committees that are due to be announced in the next couple of weeks, and I know a few of our members applied for positions on those. Um, so that's one part of it. We often have to correct by erasure in media articles that, let's say, says intersex, transgender, lesbian and gay and leaves us out. So that's a few things that we do. The other part is we run a discussion group in Melbourne, currently at the Parkview in North Fitzroy, which is the fourth Tuesday of the month, um, so it was just the week just gone, 
and we would add that next week's on September next month, sorry, on September 22nd is the eve of celebra- International Celebrate Bisexuality Day on the 23rd. So we're just going to have a we'll turn that into a more of a dinner. Um, so if you're bi or allied, rock along. Um, so yeah, that's the main parts. But we were running discussion groups in Geelong and on the peninsula, but. Geelong fell through due to shortage of numbers and the peninsula we lost our coordinators as happens in volunteer-based groups. But we are going along in five years and doing reasonably steady work. So thanks for asking, yeah. Yes. Yes, Tess. I'm sure you've been asked this a lot and I always feel bad asking That's you. okay. What do you think about, that obviously coming out in America a lot, there's some really high-profile trans people coming out, Bruce Jenner clearly, Levin Cox, and then other TV shows like trans, uh, Transgender, which is, I've watched it, I love it. But do you think this is helping the narrative? And do you think it's, um, do you think it's positive or? What's your opinion? I'd say 85 to 90% positive. It's a door opener, a conversation starter. So I have to say that my I had to get physio when um, the two Dennis stories happened. First the dinosaur interview and then the Vanity Fair cover when Caitlin announced her. You know, my the media just kept ringing. My hand had gone like that. It turned into a mobile phone. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, K-Rock in Geelong of all stations on their drive. I mean, we're not just talking ABC and community radio here. That sort of publicity is priceless. And then they ask, so what's the situation for trans people in Australia? Whoa, that's a free goal, you know. And you talk about, we talk about documents, health care, all the other things that um, we need. I would acknowledge, though, there's been two issues. One is the Kardashian celebrity, what is it, um, um, Oh gosh, reality TV type of angle, which I know puts people off, and you just say that. Look, we acknowledge reality TV is not for everyone, but um, Caitlyn Jenner is still a trans person who lived 65 years as the wrong gender. The other part is the the part of privilege, income, wealth, connection, and I think that whilst I don't have cable TV myself, from what I've heard of people who have watched this new thing, I am Kate. Um, she sort of says some things that you sort of sit there and do it, apparently do a head desk at, but people pick her up on them. So if that means she's doing some personal development and growth along the way, I'll take that. And I think that's a good example for the trans community to say, hey, let's have empathy for others and all that sort of thing. So overall, really, really good. Yeah. No, no last calls, yeah. So just one question, what, what's your view on um, the branding of LGBTQI plus or just queer, like the queer movement? Is, what are your thoughts on it? Being more inclusive or the labels? I know there's all different identities and different things going on, but as a, as a whole movement to the general population, do you think... So is, it, is the question about the labels or, or the movement itself? As in... Like the brand, like queer movement or LGBTQI plus, like when you. Ah, okay. And, and how like wide. Sorry. And how wider society perceives it? Yeah, or, you know, you said about too many letters. And stuff yeah. Like that. Is, it, is it better to queer movement as a whole? Or? Yeah, so I'll split it into two. Um, I think that we've got. This is one of those situations where we do need to be empathic and respectful of age cohort differences. As someone who presents age care training a lot, um, you know, roughly say 50 plus, queer was a really pejorative negative word. 30 to 50 ish, half and half, under 30, far more positive. 
So it's a hard one to deal with. And I think that whilst, and I acknowledge this doesn't include intersex, the new appointment of Roe Allen as the Gender and Sexuality Commissioner um, is, I think, a useful way to put it, because then at least we don't have to add every new gender identity or expression, every new sexual orientation, but I acknowledge immediately the limitation that that intersex, which is about bodily diversity, isn't covered there. So I'm not, I, I have to admit the label and definition thing from a policy point of view, I don't have the answer to that one and neither have people for 50 years before me. In terms of the wider community, uh, I think there is a better perception. I mean, again, taking the long-term view, um, five years ago you tried to bring up transgender young people, for example, and it was instantly gosh, Neil Mitchell's haunting us, you know, they're too young to know about that, that sort of thing. And now we see these specials on Four Corners last year, Being Me, Insight, and people go, oh, yeah, they're trans, you know, and they're, they're just living their life. It's a huge shift. And so I think that that sends a signal that people are wanting to talk more respectfully and that it's going the right direction. We've just got to keep going. And more and more of society is engaging in being those sort of really... Um, strong allies that were taught, talk, talked about in the previous presentation, and that's great. All right, we'll leave it there. Um, obviously, a few updates since that um, session, which was recorded last, late last August, August two thousand and fifteen. Obviously, acknowledging you know the situation we've had in the last two months with the. Um, safe schools situation and the attack thereon, which you know is obviously not good. Um, we will, I think that people will work hard to recover in the next few months and get back the ground that we need. Um, since that time, of course, I mentioned the intersex research that has been released. If you look for um, Intersex Stories Australia, you will find it. Um, and um, yeah, um, also um, generally. Um, oh, Caitlin Jenner, you know, when she was telling just her personal story and not really speaking for anyone else, fine, but the way she's now moving is causing consternation um, and it doesn't seem she is learning as much as I thought um, or as many people thought at first. She seems a little um, unaware of her privilege, dare we say ironically enough, or proves that hierarchies sadly are often everywhere. Hierarchies in themselves aren't necessarily bad, I suppose. It's particularly... Um, when they are used to oppress um, people is when we have problems. All right, I'd better get out of here and make way for um, Freedom of Species. Um, great show last week um, with some first-hand reporting on the opening of duck season, typical grassroots community radio that is 3CR. So it'll be another great show today. Um, take it out today with a little bit of the diverse music, a bit of jazzy stuff in a way from Billy Joel from the Bridge album. And he's a big man on Mulberry Street. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.